Step in. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Tap End Podcast. I'm your host, Javon. As usual, I got my co-host, Duop, in the building. What up, what up? And today we are here with King Collab. What's good, man? What's good, world? What's good, everybody, <laughs> man? How you been, man? Shit, just over here cooling, man. Just been cooking up, really. Um, so let's just get right into it. Um, my first question to you is, what do you see your um, biggest obstacle being right now for you? Mm, I'd say my biggest obstacle is just trying to be an independent artist and gaining traction as an independent artist. Is being independent something really important to you? Um, you have your own label, right? New World Order? Yeah, it's the new wave order. New wave order, I mean, sorry. No, yeah. <laughs> it's the new wave order. That's really just like a, it's really like a, it's just it's just a collection. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just a collection of, of a lot of, a lot of niggas and a lot of sounds, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who's everyone um, in new wave order? Uh, me, my nigga uh, Seven Names, my nigga ABHK, mm-hmm. my nigga AK on the beat. Um, those are those are the ones that are like officially on New Wave Order, but we, be, you know, what I'm saying, it's all like a family type shit, bro. It's like, you know, what I'm saying, we fuck with a lot of niggas, bro. You know, what I'm saying, my nigga Reezy, of course, Anyone yourself, do Wop, you know, what I'm saying, for sure, of course, my nigga uh, Rager, my nigga El Swanko, so you know, what I'm saying, a lot of shit been cutting up. Yeah. Oh yeah, my nigga, uh, my nigga Connie's on New Wave Order as well. You know what I'm saying? My nigga Kwani two times, going crazy. Yeah, so just want to learn a little bit more about you. So I know you rap and you produce a lot of your own beats and stuff. Mm -hmm. Would you say you take more pride in your ability to rap or producing? Mm, To be honest, I take more pride in my producing just because I've been doing that for a way longer time. Like, if it wasn't for me like producing, it wouldn't be you no know, like me rapping too much. Cause I was rapping on a lot of like on a lot of beats that I liked since I was a child. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I really got my own style as an artist. You that boy Reezy. Hey, Reezy in the Coming building. In. What's good, my guy? Just in. When did you uh, when did you start recording or making beats? Um, I started making beats and. I'd say I was making beats on my iPod, 2011. <laughs> really, on off the iPod? Yeah, off the beat pad. Oh shit! And uh, nigga, I was um, I started making beats in 2012 with my nigga, Music Box, my nigga. You know what I'm saying? Salute. But I was like, I was, I was, I just turned 13, and this is my brother's a, a rapper as well, and uh, this is his producer. And I had my piano, like I had a piano that could connect to a computer. So I was connecting it to my computer, but I just didn't know like how to go about like really playing mm-hmm. with it and using the computer as an interface. And so when I asked him how to like get it down, he just sauced my whole shit up. He just plugged his hard drive in my computer, gave me all types of drum kits, all types of software, just showed me how to use it. Gave you a little bit of sauce to work with and yeah, just build from there. Up. Sure, that's dope. So, like, what made you decide that, like, that you needed to put something into words rather than just the uh, production side of it? Mm. 
I just knew that I had a story to tell. Yeah. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? Especially with like, I'd say by like 2014, 2015, I feel like I developed like my own style of production. Like, I felt like it was a little too ahead. Like, not a lot of people could really grasp it. So I was just like, I might as well just try and hop on it and make it cool. Get right. It does seem like you have a more of a experimental sound that a lot Thank of you. people definitely haven't heard yet. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Um, that kind of leads though into that unique sound is uh, that a lot of people like biting sounds. Yeah. And it brings up the uh, Mike Will made it controversy. Yeah. So what? Um, do you want to explain a little bit of that? Uh, the context behind that. Yeah, I don't. I don't like being on some hearsay shit, but it's the truth. Like, niggas stole my song, bro. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to do you want me to play the video? Yeah. Uh, just uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So what? Uh, this is a video off of um his Twitter and Instagram. It kind of explains uh, the context. I made that shit my senior year in high school, damn near two years ago. I hear this bullshit, bro. Dirty. My shit's at 122. They shit's at 142. I sped it up to that shit. That's like the cherry on top for me. Yeah. yeah. Just like, cause like, I'm the type of nigga, bro, when I see shit like that. On some real shit, I'm the type of nigga, when I see some shit like that, I be like, this nigga's capping, bro. Like, this nigga's trying to get a check, or this nigga's trying to get some clout, or he's just on some bullshit, this and that. But it's like, I really had it like, real, like, a, a producer is really gonna, like, understand just that, like, and how they did my shit is just so from the outside looking in this is an observer and like part of it is like everybody only has so much access to so many instruments right at some point I feel like you might have made something that sounds super similar to some shit that Mustard has way in the depths of his collection but like isn't that kind of just the nature of music like I'm not saying like so, like, as egregious as that is, do you think that there's any chance that that could have been, a, like, just a mistake of just, like, maybe you two found the same vibe somehow? The thing is, that's how I addressed it off at first. I heard that shit, like, I'd say, like, six months ago before I recorded that video. Yeah. I heard it in the summertime. I recorded that video, like, around Christmas of, like, 20, 2017. Yeah. So, I heard it, like, March 2017 when it dropped. My nigga showed it to me. I was in my garage, she's like, bro, this shit sound like your shit. And I heard it, I was just like, you know what I'm saying? I was just like, well, you know what I'm saying? Like, this sounds very strikingly similar, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't really go into depth with it. But I heard it again around that time when I made that video, bro. And I was just like, on some real shit, bro, I'm examining this shit, my nigga. And if it adds up, 
and that's it, bro. If it don't add up, then that's not it. Period. Yeah, right. Even if it, if it don't add up, whatever I feel like is in my like, uh, it still sounds like that's 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 up to between whatever. But like, the BPM of my shoe is at one twenty two, and my scale is at a certain scale. Their BPM is at one forty two, and their scale just so happens to be two steps above my scale. So if you know anything about yeah, if you know anything about sampling, every time you move up on the keyboard, like if you put a sample into the keyboard in FL Studio, if you move up a key, it brings it up ten BPM. And then if you bring it up another key, another ten BPM and so on and so forth. Yeah. So it's like when I literally brought my BPM to like one forty two, it's the exact same song. Yeah. When I brought their BPM down from like 142 to 122 is the same song. And that really isn't the first time. I, that's what I'm saying. I hate being that hearsay shit, but yeah. I'm just like, it ain't really the first time Mike Will or Pharrell got, you know what I'm saying, caught yeah. for stealing some shit. Like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? This is mm-hmm. not. Yeah, that Blurred you know Line saying? song, you guys remember yeah. that lawsuit? He, uh, yeah. he stole the song from like Marvin Gaye. Blurred Lines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's more. That whole like, shit was like a Marvin Gaye song, bro. I promise you, look it up. He took the yeah. videos on that. All three of them, Robin Thicke, Pharrell, whoever else. All them niggas. <laughs> so, like, oh. I know one thing. So, when we talked to Reezy last week, we talked about how it got to the point for him where people were biting him so hard that his music is all behind a paywall now. Like, mm-hmm. if you want a Reezy beat, you're going to pay for that. Or mm-hmm. you lock in, bro. Like Yeah, or you really, yeah, like, you have a personal connection with him. Yeah. So, like, negotiate that shit with splits and, like, PayPal and... You know, we're not. Yeah. Just, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. charge you per beat. It's like when that shit blows up. You know, we're eating together. If I if I put like fifty fifty on that shit, we gotta split it fifty fifty. Okay. So but how do you yeah. protect yourself in terms of in this day and age, or is it just something like you gotta roll with the punches and get a good copyright lawyer eventually? Um, nowadays I copyright everything I release. Okay. And it's like, man, like I sell beats here and there, but it's like. I don't even really want niggas shopping me too much because I don't really. That's what I'm saying. That's how I'm. That's how I'm taking on that shit. I'm really trying to hop on my shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Before another nigga can hop on my wave and like, you know what I'm saying? Like, become a. You don't you know want what I'm someone saying? to blow up off of your sound, huh? You don't want someone to blow up off of your sound. I mean, I would, I would prefer to blow up first. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> off myself, you know what I'm saying? Totally, prefer, totally. You don't want to. Once I blow up, I don't really care. Or if it's someone you know that's like in the circle, kind of locked yeah. in, they could blow up with the sound because they were a part of the yeah, process. It's exactly. not like someone is just you know trying to appropriate that sound or just trying to right. write it. Yeah. Right. That kind of reminds me. I'm thinking of like Pierre and like working with Cardi. Mm-hmm. So like it's obviously Pierre's sound, but Cardi took it took off with it. Yeah, I'm sure when he hopped on, yeah. what, what, what? Like it definitely <laughs> started changing up his like the way he structured his beats a little bit, bro. No, and mm-hmm. it's, it's really, pure, like, Cardi took Mexico, if you ask me, he took Mexico Drill sound mm-hmm. and blew up mm-hmm. off of it and then really went and got a check with that nigga Pierre. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel like it went down because it's like, he started working with Pierre once he got that deal with Interscope. That's, that's very true. You know what I'm saying? Pierre was signed to Interscope as a producer, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? That's how that go. You've uh, moved back and forth between L.A. a couple times. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What's it, what's it like? How do you like L.A.? Shit is cool. You know what I'm saying? 
And nigga, that's why I'm over here two jackets, bro. I wasn't here last one. <laughs> so this shit is a whole this shit. Nah, it's cold as hell. <laughs> it's outside, fucking bro. me up right now. I grew up <laughs> out here, but this shit's bro, fucking me like up. Like 18 bro. degrees. <laughs> Crucial. All right. Um, Crucial. So King Collab gets his first major bag. Let's say it's like 100k from shows or signing bonus. Mm -hmm. What do you think the first thing you do with that money is? Hmm. I'd say I already have enough music for like five albums so if I get 100k the first thing I'll do is I'll probably go invest that into something very lucrative okay so open up a shop or something like that like a 7-eleven a liquor store <laughs> yeah that's all right so do you think music somewhere. is the end game for you huh like is music the end game for you what you mean so like once you've done your career and everything like you want to be known as a musician yeah, for, for surely. I wanna, I wanna just be able to just give a contribution to the world, man. I just wanna, I just wanna just give it to the world. Make sure everybody hear it. You know what I'm saying, that's it. After that, you know what I'm saying, I just wanna just help. Really, in the long run, I just wanna just help my country a lot. Ethiopia, you know what I'm saying, Africa as a whole. Just you see what Akon's doing, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Akon's big move. He's over going there. crazy, bro. Putting lights up. He's just doing all kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. No one loves to talk about it either. No one Unlike loves to talk about major that media. Type of shit, bro. Yeah. Trying to keep it on the low. You feel me? Uh huh. All these niggas would rather go get a gold chain, but I'm just like, I want to flip this shit, bro. I don't need none of that, brother. Yeah, not not selfish <laughs> with it. Yeah. So, do you did you spend any time in Ethiopia growing up? Uh, I went back three times okay. in my life. <laughs> I'm born out here, but you know what I'm saying? My my parents came as uh, immigrants from Ethiopia. So yeah. all my family's over there. I got to learn languages and all that shit. All right, for sure, man. Well, um, we're going to go into Slow It Down mm -hmm. by King Caleb. Uh, we'll be back in a sec. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Take it slow. If it ain't about no wallet, then I'll hit my phone. 
let it go Lord, never made my soul, 24 carats go Never switch up, never, never flip, or flip, or flip up Time to count a roll up, need a new flip In the cool, need a new whip To door, meant to door, look like a spaceship Pull up on the interstate and then I'm racing That will slow it down. She did. Fire. <laughs> One of my favorites. Oh, God. Um, so, <clears throat> your new project is Life, right? Yep. Let me, tell me a little bit about that one. Uh, life stands for uh, living it forever. So, just the concept behind that is just, you just watch your actions, you know what I'm saying? You get to live forever, my nigga. You just do good, you know what I'm saying, on this plane. You're going to be good in the next one, so. It's really the whole concept behind that, I guess. No, okay. So one thing I noticed that, like, going from, like, when I was listening to your music, getting ready and everything, is going from Yamaha sessions to life, you kind of become much more melodic. You use a little bit more auto-tune, mm -hmm. and it's not as rap-heavy. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's more of a direction that King Collab is going, or would you say this project just has a certain vibe? Um, yeah, that's definitely the direction, like, I've been trying to go with my music. Right now, I'm on some whole, like, other shit, like, I'm trying to make, like, damn near EDM type shit. Okay. But, uh, with that shit, I really try to just make some, like, some, like, some, like, pop trap shit, like, pop star, trap star type shit, like. Like, alternative rock star. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, the chords are like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just the mel melodies or whatever just really reminds you of, like, like old, like, pop and rock shit. But it's like the drums is like it's heavy 808s and shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because sometimes it feels like when I listen that um, your 808, they remind me with, like, distortion of, like, really hard guitar. Yeah. And then, like, it hits hard, right? But, like, it's just, it's a, it does sounds different than, like, a typical 808 because yeah. it adds a different element. You know. I'm thinking, like, if, if niggas was making music in the 80s and shit, I'd probably be in the band playing the bass guitar. 
<laughs> we like I don't court. doubt yeah, that. I don't <laughs> the bass guitar. <laughs> yeah. Going nuts. Just going crazy. I just had a cold bass line. <laughs> 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 I'll be on the vocoder. <laughs> going crazy. Stop playing. <laughs> going nuts, dude. Oh, God. Nah, bro. If I really could, though, I'd be a lead singer in a band. That's like my all time yeah, rock band, bro. I was in there. I was up stadiums going hard, boy. Oh, shit. I'm oh, keen and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Extra, bitch. Oh, God. 96% on the notes. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, that's a part of the reason why I started making music, too, for real. Like, playing those games? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's it's it called? Fire. Rockstar, gu- Guitar, Guitar Hero. Hero. Yeah, yeah. And then Rockstar. when they made DJ Hero... I was like, oh, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah, bro. I was bro. like, yeah, I got to start doing this shit. That made I me want to start this. DJing. I was like, DJ Hero, that sounds cool. But then they like, my cousin had this setup and everything. Yeah. And I tried that. And I was like, this don't make no, no sense. No type of sense, bro. <laughs> no type of sense. flip it. Like, the notes aren't even happening. Like, <laughs> Scratch. I was sure. like, all right, maybe I'm not DJ, DJ Flash or anything like that. Like, it's yeah. not in the stars. Yeah. <laughs> hey, honestly, that game might have fucked up some aspiring producers. Yeah, some people were. Who knows? Like, I could be out. How do you do the real life shit? I'd be like, bro, they want me to be doing this to make a beat. Yeah, bro. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I bro, that shit. That game is some bullshit, low key. <laughs> but I used to take pride in that shit, bro. Like. And I used to make beats on my iPod. I used to have a Guitar Hero app on my iPod, bro. I used to, like, get ranked in Denver for that shit, bro. <laughs> for real, I'm not moment. even capping on niggas, bro. Like, for real. Like, when I was 11, I used to just have nigga, the, both them apps open. Nigga, go, go on Guitar Hero and go make a little beat. Yeah, that's... that's uh, hey, everybody's got, like, a unique story coming up. So, like, that's that's, dope. that's a dope one, for sure. Oh, good. Guitar Hero legend. Guitar Hero <laughs> on the iPhone. <laughs> on the iPhone. And the real OG. You know what I'm saying? For real. Going nuts. Um, so something I noticed in your music is there's like a lot of motivational things in it. Um, mm-hmm. So do you think that your mess that's the message you want to send? Or is that kind of a message for your own mental health while you're making music, you know, to kind of like remind yourself? Because I know for a lot of people, mm-hmm. people are making music for others. And then sometimes you're making a music for yourself, like a mantra for yourself to get by. And especially yeah. knowing like your background of being somebody who started making beats and then couldn't find anybody to kind of match that energy that you wanted. So you started to rap on your own. So, mm-hmm. yeah. On some, on some real shit, that's a, that's a good ass question. Cause it's like, I never even thought about it like that, but I make this shit for both, honestly, like completely like, like, my music definitely, like, <laughs> nigga, I just be all day bumping my shit, bro, just getting through my shit, bro, just <laughs> doing my thing. You know what I'm saying? Just getting through the day, just bumping my shit. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, the purpose when I'm doing it is really, I just be trying to explain how I feel. So it's like, niggas can, you know what I'm saying? If, if you feel in a certain type of similar way, you can understand, you know what I'm saying? It's cool. Yeah, I was talking to music box about this like really similar like type of concept you know there's mm-hmm. two philosophies you can make music as an artist and then you can mm-hmm. make music as an entertainer yeah. and you could kind of do both and that's really I think where the stars are born mm-hmm. like yeah. if you make it for yourself but also for the masses mm-hmm. yeah cause I mean there's definitely music out there that you could tell is very selfish but I don't yeah. think that's a bad thing I think a lot of the times for an artist it's very good for you to be selfish cause at the end of the day your job is to entertain somebody, and a lot of that comes down to 
does it relate to somebody does it hit somebody and like a lot of people feel like certain ways that you might feel even if you are making that music selfishly so like exactly. if you go in there like fuck i'm gonna just vent yeah. therapize myself on this track like someone out there somebody's gonna, gonna like, listen to it and be like hey like, oh, god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh god no cap but like you know someone like a captain b part like a rock star back in the day he just made that fucking album just to fuck people's heads up like he wasn't like trying to do nothing else besides just like break down every fucking barrier and make like you know seven different melodies in one song like three different drum patterns and like the lyrics don't make any fucking sense so like Hell no. that that real selfish shit i don't know it was like it was really expressive and like yeah it made for a classic album yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like at the end of the day i'm gonna make the type of music i want to make nigga but mm-hmm. the non-selfish part is just when you only try to be aware of the influence you can have uh, you know what I'm saying? Whoever yeah. listening to your shit right now might not be a lot, but if it's like, you know what I'm saying? Niggas get big or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Influence is going to be <coughs> over a lot of people. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? That unselfish part is like, all right, I can tell my story, but at the end of the story, what's the real message? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what what's, if, what's, the, what's the undergoing theme? Is it positive or is it negative? You know what I'm saying? Is it going to steer people to do something? Writers are gonna steer people to do something wrong. You feel mm-hmm. me? So was, I feel like if niggas just start controlling that, you know what I'm saying. So do you think you have like a lot of like? So when you create music, do you think you are creating music from a positive place, or is it something that you can also, or is it like a mix of both? Where like sometimes you're in a bad mood yeah. and you gotta get it out <laughs> in the studio, and sometimes you come in the studio with a bottle and you're kind of diddy bopping and you're ready yeah. to just kind of lay some shit. Yeah, I'll be just trying my my best. It's like even I could make a I could make like a sad ass song, you know what I'm saying? But it's like <laughs> it's like the message be it's like what 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 is the what is the listener gonna pick up at the end? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like if I pick up like you know what I'm saying? I'm just, I just I don't be just I like there's a lot of music that just I feel like causes people to do wrong. You know what I'm saying? The niggas do enough wrong already. So it's like, why do, why, why would I try and like capitalize? You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna tell my lifestyle, or whatever. But I'm just gonna try and say it in a positive, like, I don't, I don't know how to explain yeah. it. But so it's like, just like, have a moral thing yeah, you, yeah, you, you know feel responsible at the end of the day for your content. You know, like, yeah. There are certain people, certain artists that are like, I'm making this music, and whoever responds to it response to it and that's out of their control and they they feel like that but it sounds to me more like you are putting out your music and you can you at least feel like you can control the mood that you have on somebody or the message that comes across in your music which makes you ultimately like responsible for something not not something crazy like if somebody listens to your music and decides to like slap somebody like that's not necessarily your fault but like if somebody's (laughs) sitting in your sitting in their room and like you do have a sad song, yeah. I guess the at the end of the sad song, you want them to be like, "Tomorrow will be better," rather than just like, "Shit is sad." More sad, and, but I feel like that's how a lot of music. I, but I feel like that's how a lot of music that is really emotional is, because at the end of the day, I think the more emotional music that you make, the more it has to come from that selfish place. The more you have to really 
feel it because mm-hmm. like if you try to make like a song about kind of like fake sadness or fake emotion i feel like people register like like they pick up on it pretty oh, yeah. quick yeah, yeah, like, and this like shit's fake as shit yeah exactly <laughs> it gotta compared. come from the soul no matter exactly in order to come from the soul to make some sad shit or happy you gotta sad. be sad yeah. i mean yeah. like some really like effective shit that's really what my my theory is on yeah just like you gotta you gotta come from the soul period Okay. Dig it. So, um, when it comes to, we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but when you co- when you sell beats, do you really sell beats online or to people you know? Yeah, I really sell beats to people I know. Like if I like look at my computer, I got like a lot of beats. I'll just post on the gram, like yo, buy some beats. Mhm. And the niggas would just hit me, and then I like send a nigga like a. Like a like a Instagram video of a, of a couple of beats, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Nigga pick his beat. All right, send the payment. Yep. <laughs> and then once the nigga send the payment, niggas get the beat. It's a lease. You find it to be pretty effective though. It's cool. I used to really sell beats back in the day. Like I used to really be on that shit, but you kind of slowed up a little bit. Yeah, I just started using all of them. Yeah, is it is it more like you're just focused on using the beats and kind of like what eventually happened with Yeah, yeah. like. I'd rather just use mm, the beat yeah. and try and make money selling the music. It's going to take a longer route. It's going to take a longer process and, like, a lot more, like, you know what I'm saying, hard work to get it to like that, you know what I'm saying? But it'll pay off in the end. Yeah, so I was looking at something that's pretty interesting to me, and it's talking about how some artists feel most comfortable in the studio and, like, making the music. And some artists are really comfortable delivering the music and entertaining and mm-hmm. like on that side of it which side would you say you're more comfortable on mm. to be honest i don't know it sounds like some zeke shit i'm just comfortable wherever i'm like comfortable to smoke at <laughs> <laughs> like if i'm at a, if i'm at a show but i can't smoke in there I'm uncomfortable, bro. If it's one of them shits I can't smoke at, I'm uncomfortable. But if I could just smoke right before I hop on, hit some Henny, whatever, with my guys, nigga, and just get teed, I'm comfortable. Same thing with, like, studios, you know what I'm saying? I'll be going to studios, like, I can't smoke in there. I'd really be, like, on some uncomfortable shit, you know what I'm saying? But it's, like... Sorry when to make you uncomfortable. No, no, no. <laughs> hey, no, no. I, hey, I'm, I'm talking about. I'm talking about like recording studios. Yeah. yeah. All right, no, nigga. Know, I got yeah. right to my pop to here. Yeah. You know what I'm no, no. I was joking, dog. No, nah, I'm God. But I'm talking about like actual recording studios because when I'm cooking up, I'm trying to smoke Dodie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like catch whatever. a vibe and yeah, take off really. For real, I just if, if anything, I just cook up on my nigga's sofa. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just have my mic and the laptop. Crazy. <laughs> Who do you like working with um, in Denver? Um, Mostly the people in New Wave order. Yeah, pretty much. Everybody and in that circle. Said. Plus my nigga Dad's room. That's family. That's my nigga. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You ever come? So what? A lot of niggas that I have worked with. You know what I'm saying? I'll be feeling like we can. It don't matter. But, well, but uh, feel free if you do or anything. There's a lot of niggas in the city I want to work with. My nigga Dominus King. You know what I'm saying? A lot of niggas. Yeah, you have a couple songs with Reezy right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, Cool and Hard Heart. Yeah. More to Come? Yeah. Last yeah, to Come? Yeah, yeah. Last got, in the Vault? 
You got like, yeah. man, you know what's up, man. <laughs> yeah. You got like 50 beats you to the You know what's going on. <laughs> you know what's up. I got, <laughs> you got like seven beats with this nigga at least, bro. For uh, real. Oh, no, I think th- those go up, though. Uh, a lot of good responses on comments that I see okay. for those. So I think okay. uh, people like those. Okay. Keep it, keep those pushing. Yep, good luck, brother. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I think Hopefully now. I could get a music video done. You know what I'm saying? Do you know any, like, videographers that you want to work with out here? Mm, I know a lot of videographers out here. I mean, there's Abgenary, yeah. dude who works with LHF a lot. Um, K-Baby, who works with A-Stack. Okay. He was yeah. on the podcast, one of our earlier episodes. Okay. Um, Does Tra- Do you know if Trey Rida directs his own, like, music videos and stuff? I mean, he really puts together, like, a lot of the concepts for sure, and then... You know, he, he definitely takes a lot of creative control on it. He's not just like, okay, cameraman, pull up. Be like, all right, you know. Yeah. He that, orchestrates mm-hmm. it, if that's what you're saying, for sure. Yeah, I think he's got one of the better, like, video presences outside of what Abgenary is doing. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I think he's got one of the better, just because his is, like, his shit's raw, and it's, like, but it's well put together. Mm-hmm. Like, whoever's editing and doing, I got to get, I gotta figure that out. But whoever's doing Trey Rider's videos is like, I would try to get a hold of him and see what's going on. Cause like, Trey doesn't make a whole bunch of noise on um, like Instagram or like Twitter mm-hmm. in terms of that. But like his, mu- or like SoundCloud, I don't even think he's on SoundCloud no, or anything like that. But his videos move on YouTube, like yeah, YouTube is definitely like probably his biggest platform that I've seen. You know, yeah, and I think, and it's all I think because his videos are like genuine. They remind me of like early Chief Keef when he just started working with um, what's his name, Young Child. Nah, nah, nah. The videographer that got big with all of them. That oh, DJ Ken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DJ Ken. That's when they just first started doing this shit. So when they like first, that's what it reminds me of. Just like a bunch of people, just like going hard but then it's like well edited yeah definitely put together well for sure so i think that's that i think the visual part of like that is like super huge in terms of like how you express yourself because like i think it's one thing to express yourself with like like because i think people who do the production and the and the lyrics on their songs like you're most connected with it because you made this beat for these lyrics or vice versa like you're Hands on the whole yeah, time. Start to finish, yeah. And like, if you can really make a visual mm-hmm. aspect of it and just like create a whole experience for for somebody, like and a whole three sixty yeah, for it. Exactly. Paint a picture yeah. That. yeah, I feel like that like really resonates with people. Yeah, shout out Tr. You know, he really did a good job of that. He's a creative guy. Yeah, for sure. All right, I think this would be a good time. What uh, what else we got pulled up for? I think uh, uh, we should play something off your newer. Play uh, Money Change. People mm-hmm. change. That's Yep. That's just so going. This is Money Change, People Change off of the Life Project. No plan. Money change, people change, so don't get a bad, but I don't like to change, so. Money change, people change, so don't get a bad, Shit. Uh, 
Get him up, press me a zip. Oh, get him, shoot and shoot. I'll give him a phone, let's get it to do. I just keep my phone on, flip it to do. I want to find him, get it to do. All of the shit, I thought it was him. Cause he plays, tell us him. Y'all can blow a book of bands. Y'all can buy a percent of wins. Call me a bitch, call me a bench. No dads need more money than friends. You call me, so I took your mans, I don't know your mans. Oh, you change people, change too. Okay, so um, I'm going to wrap a few things up. I only got a few questions left here. Um, so do you have, like, a song or project that you hold, like, near and dear that means more to you than the rest of your work? I got, like, bro, I got, like, five discs, bro, worth of just songs. Like, I got a lot of shit I'm holding on to, um, it's it's called Collins World, bro. Niggas drip me on that shit, too. But see, that's just awesome speculation shit, whatever. <laughs> but my shit's called Collins World, bro. It's something I've been I'm really coming up with since 11th grade. So even this shit, life, is called life, living inside forever in Collins World. So it's just like a little pre-EP before You're that building shit. up to Collins World. Yeah, it's in that theme. It's still, like, that's why, I like, all my covers are, like, hand-drawn. Cause that's that's how I started with College World to cover mm. for that shit. So like, you already have an idea of your projects down the line of what you want to build up to. So is it like, yeah. this life was an EP then? Yeah, it was more of a, it was more of an extended extended play. You feel me? Like mm-hmm. like a seven track EP. You know what I'm saying? Just something niggas could play through. A little warm up. So yeah. you say you're, like, building up the album to be Caleb's World, or is, like, your collection of music at the end going to be Caleb's World? Is how does, like... That's, that's, a, that's a good question, because at the end of the day, it's going to be a collection of a lot of music from, a, like, a... I'd say I dropped Caleb's World, like, 2020. It's 2019, yeah, 2020. And then, nigga, it'll be music from, like, 2014. Yeah. Up to 2020. Like the Carter Five, yeah, it's just gonna be like it's probably gonna be a three to CD. Okay, you know what I'm saying, give them all your sauce from the past like five, ten years. Yeah, but really, I'm I'm just trying to get I'm just trying to get up first, mm-hmm. and then once I'm up there, then j- boom, they could just hit them with that shit, bro, and then I'm just cooling for a little bit. I'm just so tired. does it like worry you at all that you'll listen to your track from like 2014, which is five years ago at this point, and be like. 
I've progressed too far past this point. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, like, that's on some real ass shit. I be listening to that shit and trying to get back to that point, bro. Mm. Like, bro, it was, like, it was just so unfiltered. Like, I used to just, like, really, like, bro, my first hook, bro, nigga, just the energy type shit, bro. It was just, like, trying to get back to even just, even when I make a beat, bro, I really just try and make a beat like how I used to. Like, I just really try my hardest to maintain that style. Shit, you might know too much now. That's a problem with, like, a lot of, like, becoming a master at your craft or, like, once you start really putting in those hours is you notice every little imperfection, every little... Yeah, and it drives me crazy. Yeah, every little thing that's going wrong in the beat and, like, why doesn't it... I can't get it like this and you're working and you're cutting and, like, by the time it's, like, 3 a.m. and you're pulling your hair out compared to when you're first making beats, you're probably just, like... Having fun. Yeah, you're just like, this goes here, wait. Turn this knob all the way up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, wait, what's this sound? Oh, that's just oh, fine. <laughs> Some stock-ass basic so, clap. Yeah, Crash. <laughs> exactly. So you, were, <laughs> so you were just in the studio, like, discovering. I feel like that's, yeah. once you start to, like, learn something really well, yeah. that discovery phase is a lot of the fun. Yeah. Like, where a lot of mistakes happen, but mistakes also is, like, where you grow. And, like, exactly. where you, like figured out how it is that you like do you think that comes from more of like a mindset that you were in back then or just like uh for surely like back then i was when i started making beats bro i was doing like i used to really be focused in school Mm -hmm. i used to really be focused in school type shit because you were in high school i was in middle school middle school school. so i used to really just be focused on school type shit until really i just started becoming too focused making music and then just consuming too much of my time I just really couldn't but I just always had that I like literally when you said discover like I'm always trying to I'm always trying to discover something new every time I cook up yeah but I'm always trying to keep a lot of everything the same mm-hmm. but I'm always also trying to like discover something new every single time you feel me yeah to keep on pushing the sound dude. yeah to keep adding yeah and just but keep this certain part that's just you know what I'm saying? It's just that solid foundation and just keep adding shit. Mm. Yeah, so, like, how do you think you ended up finding your own lane? Like, what was that? Like, is that more of just trial and error kind of thing? Or did you feel like at one point you were like, okay, this yeah. is what I've been trying to create. This is how yeah. I sound. Really, it was uh, my senior year, high school, I was really producing and engineering for a lot of people. Like, I was an engineer for, for bread type shit. Like, I used to engineer niggas' songs, a lot of songs, you feel me? But um, my parents sent me to Ethiopia right after I graduated. So I took all my equipment with me, my guitar, everything. But it's like, I didn't have no one to cook up with but myself, really. Did so, you find any kind of, like... Um influence in your music over there because i know like it's probably mm-hmm. a totally different sound a lot of drums kind of oh yeah it's heavy it's heavily drum drum driven yeah yeah that shit that shit nigga you hear that shit like the drums is the main part yeah type of shit that's what moves that's that's what moves everybody that's there's different drum patterns for different dances type of shit you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so it's real like drum centered yeah so i know earlier in the interview you talked about how you want to give back to Ethiopia one day once you get up um, mm-hmm. 
I guess my question to you is, what are you pulling from Ethiopia in terms of like your own influence on your music? Because for your, because like I mean, at the you when you boil down your influences, a lot of it's gonna be mm-hmm. like where you came from, what music you kind of grew up listening to. So at yeah. some point, you're probably pulling something from Ethiopia. Do you know exactly what that is, or is it more of just like your the spirit kind of thing? Yeah, I came up. Um playing the Ethiopian drum. Like, that was really, like... I played the piano since I was, like, seven. Like, really getting lessons and shit. But I started playing the drum around the same time I was making beats. And it's, like, literally a bass and a snare, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, in the same drum. And it's, like, some cold shit. That shit... I don't know. I just used to feel, like, the energy playing that shit, bro. And it was just a a lot of different... Ethiopian music that I just, you know what I'm saying? I grew up listening to them, but Ethiopia, either I'm with my parents, I'm listening to Ethiopian music in the car, I'm with my brothers, I'm listening to like Kanye and Tupac and shit like that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 50 Cent shit. But, um, so a lot of what my parents were listening to, hella influenced me. A lot of Ethiopian people could tell you that probably. Yeah. You got a solid influence from both your Ethiopian side and also the mainstream side. Yeah, it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's where I'm from, and it's where, also where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, nigga, my blood's from here, but I was born and raised here. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's how that shit go. Yeah, well, shit. I think that's all I got. Yeah. Uh-huh. Appreciate you having yeah. on. Alrighty. Shout out um, to uh, King Khaled. Where can they find you on uh, the internet? Uh, Seven King <laughs> Khaled on Instagram. And then you can grab me on uh, King Khaled, just on SoundCloud, King Khaled. Or do you have any uh, projects you're looking forward to? Yeah, I'm I'm, drop, I'm trying to drop a project next month. Okay. okay. I'm trying to, I'm, I got this one single on my job in the next week or two. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to start popping back out on shit. Keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Yep. For sure, for sure. As usual, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at OOJavon, J-A-V-A-N. And then um, follow the podcast on all social medias at tapin5280. Yep, you can find me on Instagram at mduop. And you can find Reezy at... Reezy.com, Reezy on the keys. That's where you should. <laughs> cut that check. Yeah, cut that check. Find his <laughs> track train <laughs> link. Leave my cheddar proper, bro. All right, y'all. Shout out to shout out to you, King Cal, for coming out. And shout uh, out to y'all for having me, man. This is my first interview ever. Yo, for sure, for sure. We'll have you back on. Um, but that's it for this episode. See you guys later. Yeah, right, peace. Yeah.